Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo celebrities here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bravo Papers Bravo Weekly News. So I am a day late, I know, but I was sick. I'm still feeling a little meh, mostly just congested, but you know, it's not too bad. Um, you know, it's one of those things, though. It's like, <clears throat> sorry, I took a couple days off work to just get better. And now I'm behind, behind at work, behind at home. It's also like the holidays are coming. I still hadn't put up my Christmas tree. And you know, when you have a kid, they're all over you. When are we putting up the tree? Like, <laughs> it's just one of those things. Um, so I've also been having some issues with my recording, so I was kind of trying to figure out and do some troubleshooting because I had this like weird thumping noise in the background of my recordings. I don't know if you noticed it or not. Um, I'm hoping that I fixed it because I tried some stuff. So if it's still there on this recording, I'm sorry, but I, uh, I don't know what to do. Listen. I am hoping to get a new mic soon, so there's that. All right, so before we start, please rate, review, subscribe. I think I've probably asked you that a few times, but here I am asking again. Please rate, review, subscribe. Um, I'm on YouTube, Twitter, slash X, Instagram. And again, if you'd like to join my Patreon, I would love that. That would be a wonderful holiday gift slash surprise because I'm always, you know, taken aback when people join. It's $5 a month and it gets you four extra podcasts a month. Amazing deal. Um, I cover, you know, whatever's kind of on my Bravo mind for that week and, you know, usually the episodes are like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, you know, I'm going to be talking about hashtag, well, okay, it's not called this, but I'm calling it hashtag RudeGate. <laughs> and everyone talking about who's rude and who's not at BravoCon. I talked about it a little on the Bravo Weekly News, but there's some new things that have come up with evidence pointing to Dorit and Kyle as being the rude people. I have some thoughts. And I have some thoughts about what kind of needs to, I don't know, change to take these women down a notch. Um, I also have some thoughts about the developments of Kyle versus Sutton and what I think is going on, you know, behind the scenes. And I watched some, uh, some BravoCon stuff on Hey You over the last week. And there's some, you know, stuff in the episodes that Peacock released that I want to talk about. So join my Patreon for all that and more. Okay, so let's talk about the big news to start, because how can we not? Lisa and Lenny divorce. So, I mean, this, the divorce is not news. However, Page Six reported that Jody, so Jody is Lisa Hochstein's new boyfriend, okay? Well, I guess not new. I guess they've been together for like a year now, but that he called off the wedding just before his first spotting with Lisa, okay? So Page Six reported this. Lisa responded and said, basically, everything in this article is untrue. She has proof and receipts. Um, she was even dating someone else before Jody in July and August. And the article was 
put out by the same reporter who has been concocting stories about her and like drug use before, who basically she says is like, you know, in Lenny's pocket. Okay, that's the implication. Now, okay, so there's like this big back and forth that ends up happening um, in the comments of this page six article. And it's like Lisa, Jody, and Lenny all chiming in. Um, it's a mess. Uh, that being said, thank you, Jody and Lisa, for doing this publicly. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Okay, so I'm like, it's uh, it's so messy, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh, this is like seriously good drama happening. Um, you know, from a audience standpoint, as someone who has no dog in the fight. Okay, so Jody then also comments saying it's not true. Him and his fiance broke up weeks before he even met Lisa, and him and Lisa weren't dating until a while after the two of them first met. He even says he let his ex live with him for a while until she found a new place. They had an on and off relationship and he couldn't commit to it um, because it was so unsteady. So that's why he broke off the engagement. He didn't want to get married and have kids with her because he wasn't 100% sure. And I guess, I don't know, this is how I interpret it. I think he was saying he has a kid from a previous relationship and he didn't want to make that mistake again. Not that the kid is a mistake, but just, you know, that the parents wouldn't stay together. Okay. His explanation makes sense. He comments about like the timelines, you know, all this stuff. So I don't know. It like he's very specific and he gives a lot of like, sorry, not intro. He gives a lot of information. So I'm inclined to believe him. He even says that he gave his ex money to freeze her eggs. Because I guess basically like he was like, you can freeze your eggs so that, you know, you don't have to have, like, that pressure. I guess, you know, maybe she was like, well, you strung me along and I want to have kids because she wanted to have kids with him and he didn't want to. So he gave her money to freeze her eggs. Basically, she asked him for more money months after they broke up and threatened to go to the press if he didn't. He said he called his lawyers about this. He has multiple witnesses, according to Jody. Um, but overall, he said, long story short, we broke up a year and a half ago um, and he wishes that him and Lisa could just be left alone and that there wouldn't be these constant, sorry, these constant attempts to break them up. Okay. Then Lenny comments. Not that like anyone gives a shit about what Lenny says. He has no credibility. But Lenny comments and says, not true. I know when you started seeing Lisa because she told me about you. Okay, that's like Lenny's only comeback. I mean, it's kind of lame. Like, oh, Lisa told me. Okay. Like, she could have also told him and just been like, I met this guy. I don't know. Or it could have been like in a, you know, a moment of like, jealousy or wanting to hurt him of like, you know what? Well, I start seeing somebody and he's way better than you. Did it even though she like just met him and they weren't that serious yet? Like I don't like I don't know what this proves. He also says Lisa told me about you. Okay, but when? Cuz without the date in which she told you, that information is useless. Okay, then he accuses them of planting a recording device in his car and says they'll need a lawyer. I mean, I mean, okay, it's hard to take anything that Lenny says at face value because we he's a, a you know, a known liar. And on top of that, it's like you know, I I don't know why they would do that. Like, I don't know if it would help Lisa in his in the divorce or something. And if that's the case, I don't know. I'm not that mad at it. Um, Lisa replies, we assumed you were behind this. Thanks for confirming, which I thought was really funny. So she's kind of like, yeah, we knew you were behind this article. And now you coming here commenting sort of confirms that. 
then she basically says, like, no one believes you. You have zero credibility, etc. Um, Lenny responds and he says he's he paid for a ski vacation that Lisa went on and he pays for his children and always will. And he kind of says, like, he paid for, like, Jody's ski vacation, which I find that hard to believe. Like, maybe he gave Lisa money, like, to live or, like, allowance of some kind, and maybe she used some of it to go on a ski vacation with Jody. That I could see. That makes sense. But do I think that, like, Lisa and Jody called up Lenny and were like, can we borrow, you know, $10,000 because we want to go to Aspen? And, uh, like, I, I just... And then Lenny was like, sure, let me pay for your vacation. No, that makes no sense, Lenny. Not that Lenny's listening to me right now, but it just, it doesn't make any sense. But I guess he's kind of responding to, and then he says, like, you know, I pay for my children. I always will. Because Lisa basically says, Jody stepped up to care for the children. Lenny should be thanking him, not accusing him of things. Then she pulls out the big guns. So she posts a pic on social media, which is like kind of like a glam selfie, I guess, because she's trying to like just show off her outfit, whatever. And you can see a bruise on her arm that looks like the kind of bruise you might get on your arm if someone's grabbed you very hard on the arm um, and, you know, had a really tight grip, like that kind of bruise. It doesn't look good. Okay. Um, basically alleging that he has been physically abusive. And she says she didn't want to have to do this, but he's left her no choice, essentially. And then it's crickets from Lenny for a while because, which, I mean, that just kind of makes me feel like it's true. I just feel like if it wasn't true, he would have been clapping back ASAP. Instead, he kind of waits, and I think it was the next day, it was one or two days later, puts out a statement, not like a reply to Lisa or like a social media comment, an actual statement saying he's against any kind of violence, including, um, you know, physical abuse against anyone, especially women. Obviously, based on what we've seen and the way that he's treated her and the way that he speaks to her and just like his general, I don't know, he's got this demeanor of like women as property. You know what I mean? Like even the new girl, he, I don't know, like you can tell that he's, he sees like, or he saw Lisa as like his trophy wife, right? His younger, hot, whatever. Then she got older. He started to just get sick of her. Like, he got bored of her, right? And it's like, on to the next. And like, don't get me wrong, he stayed with her a long time. Probably a lot of it was because of financials, because he probably, like, I don't think he's loved her or been in love with her for a long time, if ever. I, like, I don't know. I'm sure there was love at one point, you know, would I call it like a healthy, mutual respect, friendship type of love? No. I think it was more of an exchange of, you know, Lisa's hotness for money. Like, I can't give Lisa like 100%. Like, oh, she was in love with him 100%. He's a great guy. Do I think Lisa loved him? Yes. Especially now watching the new season, because she really seems like she's not if I'm going to be honest, I don't think she's over him. The amount that she talks about him. And I mean, this happens. Like women will be with abusive guys and, you know, they'll think it's love. And it's like, you know, they'll make excuses like I was asking for it or I annoyed him or like, he, oh, he does so much for me. Look at the lifestyle he gives me. He pays for me. And they'll stay in, like, a toxic thing. 
So I'm not blaming Lisa for that. But do I think maybe initially when she met him, she might have been a bit attracted to like, he had um, money, he was a plastic surgeon, he had this like, whatever, a chance for her to have a better life. Like, yeah, that's part of it. But I don't think that's a bad thing. You know, we all have certain things we kind of look for in a partner. But I do think she really loved him. Like, I don't think it was like she was only with him for money and nothing else. However, I do think that he was only with her as like a trophy kind of thing. So that's just what it seems like with the new girl. Even the new girl, like she's lost like a lot of weight. Her teeth are different, you know, and and I'm not like body shaming, but it just seems like she's changing her, even her appearance is changing like the longer she's with him. And I don't know if that's from like stress or being with him or if he's like putting her on Nozempic or something. I don't know what, what's going on over there, but it doesn't look healthy. And it seems like it's very, she's like obsessed with this kind of superficiality, you know? So I don't know. It's a mess. It's a mess. We all know it's a mess. Um, Okay, so in other big news, there were there was a lot of big news this week, actually. Real Housewives of, of Potomac. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this, but I'm here to remind you. There was a woman. Sorry, I was just finding her name. Ayanna Williams, who basically put out this whole thing that she had like an affair with Chris Bassett, Candace's husband. And, like, saying she was pregnant with his baby and, like, all this craziness. And then, you know, Robin and Giselle went on their podcast and were like, oh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, blah, blah, blah. Which, by the way, I just want to say for the record, I still believe that there's usually smoke. I mean, fire where there's smoke (laughs) in most cases. But there are some cases where there's not. Okay, so it's not 100%. And, you know this is that case. Ayanna Williams says, this is her exact statement. I lied. I never met Chris Bassett. I never talked to him. I made up the whole thing. I'm sorry that my actions hurt people. Okay. I mean, that's a big lie. And to now come on and just be like, I'm sorry my actions hurt people. Like, uh, is that supposed to just all's forgiven now? Because that's a big lie. To say that you were having an affair with someone's husband and that they got you pregnant and then you had an abortion, like, this is a huge lie. So either she's lying about having lied or she just lied in the first place, which is really messed up. And that looks like that's what the the option that is true, is that she just made this up. I don't know if someone paid her, put her up to it. I don't know. The conspiracy theories are rampant, to say the least. Um, So people are calling for Robin and Giselle to apologize uh, because of what they said on their podcast, because they talked about it and they were like, oh, this woman said she had an affair with Chris and da da. And they were like, oh, it sounds like it's true. Like, you know, and I mean, a lot of us said that because, I mean, it's Bravo, Usually when there's an accusation of a man on Bravo cheating, 99% of the time it's true. However, you know, these are her castmates and it's not like they, this was, I mean, it was partly on the show, but like they're saying this on their podcast and it isn't true. And like, I'm not even that mad about them talking about it on their podcast because I mean, how could they not? But at the same time, it's like, okay, now that this woman has said this, you got to talk about this. And the fact that she says she lied and you've got to say, acknowledge that it's not true. And, you know, would it really hurt that much to say you're sorry? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm not enjoying Real Housewives of Potomac as much lately because it's just it's so divided the cast Like, it's very New Jersey-ish where it's like, and like, I'm okay with, no, I don't know. I'm okay with teams to a degree and for a short period of time. But when it goes on too long, it gets annoying. So like the teams on New Jersey have gone on for so long that 
it's getting annoying. Now, the teams are starting to change. So that's a little bit, that's helping a little bit. I think I might be able to deal with it if there's some changes. But even even with the changes, like we need maybe one more season and then let's call it a day. But with like Beverly Hills, like for years, it was like gang up on one person, take them down. And usually it was whoever Rena's new friend was that she brought on the show. It was let's gang up on LVP, then let's gang up on Denise. You know what I mean? And then they tried to do it with Sutton, but it didn't work and whatever. And then people got sick of it. So what has made Beverly Hills way better? Number one, the ringleader of that, Lisa Rinna, is gone. But recasting, like just adding in new people like Garcelle and Sutton and Crystal, that helps because those people aren't willing to do the gang up, right? Same as like uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. You can add new people in, but you've got to add people in who are going to kind of shake it up, okay? Because we've got too much of this like one team versus the other going on. And it's just, it's number one, it's getting old. And number two, it's just getting very like divisive. And it's like, it's not fun. And I don't know. I miss when Potomac was just more fun. And when there was the type of like drama and, you know, arguments that would kind of, that could happen between anyone at any time. And now it's just like, okay, it's going to be like Robin, Giselle, Ashley, Mia versus Candace, Wendy, and, you know, Karen's going to ride the fence as whatever the hell she says in her tagline that I still haven't figured out. And now they've added this new girl, NECA, and she's like, you know, coming in hot for Wendy. And I don't know. It's just like, it, it seems almost just like a, it seems like they're just bringing people in to try and take down Wendy. So it's just not fun. So I don't know. I think there needs to be more changes to this cast. I also think that if we could get to a place where Wendy and Candace could, you know, make up with the other women, not that it's on them, but just that they could all get to a decent place, then we could kind of go back to more the roots of the show where you know, we can have more of the less toxic drama. Because instead, it's just like, you can just tell they hate each other. It's not fun because you can just tell they hate each other. Right? Like, you can tell Giselle and Robin and Mia, they just hate Wendy. They hate Candace. And, you know, the feeling is mutual. So it's like, it's too much. All right. Let's talk about Salt Lake City. So the reunion was filmed. Uh, I think that was last week. Maybe it was the week before. I think it was last week. Andy did his usual like, oh, this reunion was a killer kind of thing, you know, and he's like, wow, that was a doozy, you know, which he always does. Uh, so, you know, that being said, I still think this is going to be a good reunion because it was a good season. This is one of those seasons where it's like, I don't know, I don't think it could be a bad reunion because they've got a lot to talk about. Monica and Heather got first seats. So everyone's kind of making a big deal about like, oh my God, Monica got first seat. It's her first season, which, you know, it makes sense. Monica brought it. Now, Listen, the internet is like going crazy for Monica. Everyone's like, yes, Monica, we love her. I'm on the train of, I can't stand new people anymore because something always happens. I can choose if I like them as a housewife or not. That's what I'm going with from now on. I'm no longer picking housewives, who I like and who I don't like based on like, if I think they're good people or not or whatever, none of that. Or if I would hang out with them in real life, none of that. No. I'm going solely based on like, are they good on the show? Are they a good housewife on the show? And are they entertaining me? Monica checks all those boxes. She's great. Do I think she's 100% innocent? 
and maybe doesn't have some shady stuff going on and that things aren't going to come out about her. Absolutely not. There is going to be, I mean, this girl, I think, has a lot of skeletons in her closet. There's a lot that's going to come out and I want to watch it all with popcorn. So keep her on the show and let's keep going. However, she's going to need to, you know, make up with people because you can't stay on the show if you have absolutely no one. She needs at least one alliance. Now, people pointed out that after the reunion, her and Mary were following each other and there was, oh, who was it? There was her and someone else who were maybe refollowing as well so that she does have maybe one ally. But I mean, she's going into this like Teresa Judice Real Housewives of New Jersey season four. Green dress, you know, <laughs> green dress, no allies, just one person versus the world. So Monica's going to have to put on a show. She should go and she, I mean, it's too late now, but she should rewatch that reunion and, you know, like, Teresa spent that whole reunion deflecting, calling people names, you know, not listening. Like, just doing all the things that are so infuriating when you watch them. But then, in retrospect, now looking back at it, it was hilarious. And, like, you know, now everyone uses memes and stuff from it. And it's also just, like, when it's you against no one and you're the dog in the corner snarling and everyone's coming at you, like... <laughs> You just got to pull whatever you can out of your bag of tricks. So that's what Monica's going to have to do because she's going to be on her own. Um, All right. So and I oh, yeah. One other thing. Of course, Heather got the other first seat because, you know, it's Heather's um, beauty lab that is being sued by Monica. So that makes sense. I'm kind of looking forward to that. I like it. I think that's going to be a good of, you know, and we haven't even gotten the Bermuda trip yet. Ugh. This season of Salt Lake is so good. Okay, sorry. If you're not watching, you're making the biggest Bravo mistake of your life. All right, let's talk about Atlanta because um, Nini is, you know, okay, I don't want to say Nini's back. I was going to say Nini's back. Nina, uh, Nini's kind of back. This is a big deal. I'm just like, I, like, this is what I was thankful for. I mean, I'm Canadian, so my Thanksgiving is in October. However, this is what I'm, if I was American and I had to pick what I was thankful for, it would be that Nini and Cynthia are on a trip and traveling in Dubai together. I mean, what else can you ask for? So, first of all, she refollowed Bravo, which is, like, huge. And even better than that, deleted all evidence of working with Bethany on that podcast. No, you know, all the posts, anything she had with Bethany, gone from Instagram. And remember they were supposed to do that, like, limited series podcast together where they were going to, like, for some reason, talk about menopause. Not that women can't talk about menopause. I just... Like, that's the topic of all the things you two could talk about. Anyways, they were going to do that little limited series and maybe talk about Bravo and other things. And there we haven't heard anything about that since. So I think that's kaput, which I'm glad Nini realized. I mean, all you have to do is have a brain to realize that Bethany is not who you want to tie your wagon to. Like, look at how that ended up for Raquel. Um, and, you know, Denise went on there and was <laughs> was not buying into the narrative that Bethany was selling. And I mean, Bethany is still trying. Like, she's still working overtime. Like, I saw she was on CNN. I don't know why CNN even bothered with her. It must be like a slow news day. But or I'm sure she reached out to them or has some contact there. And it was, like, the same old shit. Like, it's, you know, dog-eat-dog, dog and, you know, it's a zero-sum game, and it's, I don't know, what was the other thing she said? They're profiting off women fighting with, like, just all the obvious stuff that we all know that no one cares and, like, sorry. 
So Nini and Cynthia are traveling, sorry, and they're in Dubai, back to that. And it looks like they're having a great time, and I'm just so happy. And then they took pictures with Portia, so they linked up with Portia. I'm not even a big Portia fan, but again, I judge my housewives for their entertainment value on the show, so that means I like Portia because she's good on the show. And yeah, they just look like they're having a great time and they they were hanging out with Chanel Ion, which is just like, it's all so cool. And I'm just so excited. Can you imagine? Like, I need you all to just, I don't know, let's just live in the land of fantasy. Like 10 out of 10, best case scenario. Nini, Cynthia, Portia, all back next season. That would be heaven. Is it going to happen? No. Um, <laughs> however, I, okay, here's what I could see though. I could see Cynthia and Portia coming back first, kind of like a soft launch and maybe Portia in a full-time role, Cynthia as a friend of. And then the next season, because it's going to take more time for Nini to unburn the bridge and to like kind of, you know, reinstate herself in the Bravoverse. And then the season after that, you know, Nini comes in and really shakes shit up. Oh my God, that would be so good. That would be amazing. And you know what? You know what gives me more hope than Nini? refollowing Bravo gives me more hope than Nini and Cynthia in Dubai, like just gives me more hope than anything, was when Andy was asked about it at BravoCon, his answer was hopeful. Like he straight up was like, I'm willing to make amends and to, you know, move forward with anyone. Like he was asked about Nini specifically and like, you know, kind of mentioned like forgiveness. It was something along those lines. I can't remember exactly, but you know, I don't know. I like that gave me some hope. But, you know, I'm a dreamer. So we'll see. We will see. Um, So Carolyn Stanbury had had a facelift. OK, so <laughs> you might be like, why is this news? Because Sergio, her boyfriend, husband, sorry, husband is so dramatic. And it was the funniest thing. OK, so he posts this. What? objectively is a really sweet video of like him going to get her at the hospital. Now, the reason that it becomes funny is because because he's filming himself. So that adds this like he knows he's filming himself. We know he knows he's filming himself. So we know that he's somewhat doing this for social media. So even though it's sweet and he's like so worried about her and he talks about how hard it was to see her like that, to take care of her. Because I know it's elective surgery, but it's still a serious surgery and a long surgery and a person can die. The recovery's long. So, you know, I can understand why he's still emotional about it. But his video, if you haven't seen it, like just go on the internet and find it. It is so, he's so dramatic. It's, it's wild. Like, he's, like, filming himself. He's, like, bawling. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but I want to give Caroline Stanbury props. She showed the whole thing. He has a video, like, he has it filmed, him going in to see her right after. Him with her in the car on the way home with all the bandages, her face all, like, looking terrible, so messed up, really scary, you know, just everything. And I really appreciate how honest she's being letting it all be filmed. Like a lot of women on Housewives would not do that. They wouldn't show you until the after and they would, you know, wait until it was at least healed enough that, you know, it didn't look terrible. Um, So she's like 14 days out from it, I think, in the pictures that her and Sergio posted. It looks a little, uh, you know, I thought she was beautiful before. I didn't think she needed it, but whatever, that's her choice. But it's hard to judge. Like some people are like, oh, it looks bad and she shouldn't have done it. I think it's too soon. 
Because you can tell it's still, like, quite swollen. I think we need more time. Takes time. Okay? Uh, but that being said, props to Caroline Stanbury for sharing that. Because, I mean, that's not an easy thing. I mean, there was, like, thousands of people commenting and saying all kinds of stuff. So good for her for at least being honest about the work she had done. Because then we have, like, people like Kyle who, like, can't even admit to getting a breast reduction, which to me is, like, the most understandable electosurgery that millions of women do all the time. Um, and, oh, my nose got broken on the set of Halloween. Like, get out of here. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Beverly Hills, how's that for a segue? Garcelle is, like, coming for Dorit and Kyle on social media, I should say. Um, so somebody put up, like, I don't know if it was an Instagram comment or if it was a Twitter post. I can't remember. But basically what they wrote was, did Dorit's PTSD flare up during Magic Mike? And Garcelle liked this. Okay. Which obviously means she agrees with that. I did see quite a few people discussing this on social media. Like, oh, how come... Okay. How come she was okay at Magic Mike, but then not okay at the... Um, at Garcelle's, like, film premiere? Which, okay, fair question. But then my thought was, like, she said she needs to be prepared ahead of time. And I was talking to someone on Twitter about this. I can't remember who back and forth. And I said, okay, it is a little like suspicious. And they said, okay, well, Dorit said she needs to be prepared. She wasn't aware of the size of the group, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, PTSD, you like, it's a mental thing. You can't like always control when it flares up. Fair enough. I agreed with that. However, someone else then commented something that I didn't think of because her biggest thing was she wasn't prepared. Garcelle should have told her, that it was going to be a bigger event so she could have prepared for it, all this kind of stuff. She thought it was going to be just a small, intimate group. But then on her phone call with Kyle, if you go back to that earlier scene, she talks about how there's going to be a step and repeat and, like, you know, the cameras and stuff. So it's just hard for me to wrap my head around, like, why you would think a film screening with Garcelle, who's, like, a pretty established actress. Like, it's not like this is, like, her first movie. Yes, it is, like, um, I don't know, like, a smaller film. It's not, like, a big box office kind of blockbuster. Does anyone use that term anymore? I just aged myself. But it's, you know, it is still a film opening. Like, I would not expect it to be, like, hey, just me and the six girls going to someone's house. There's a step in repeat. If there's a step in repeat, that means they're expecting press because you put the step in repeat up for press and photographers. So if you have that, there you're trying to promote and you're going to have, you know, as all your friends and people come to support you. So I don't know, like it was and it wasn't that big. Like it was nothing compared to Magic Mike, as people pointed out. So just the idea that she wasn't prepared, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. So anyways, okay. She also liked, Garcelle, a comment where someone said Sutton is a good friend to Kyle, but not the other way around. And Garcelle commented that part with exclamation points. And then we've also, you know, that next week preview going around with Garcelle commenting about Dorit still having her same jewelry after the robbery. Like, oh my God. I almost think like Garcelle has reached her breaking point with these women. You know, I think they, they're always like trying to jab at her and I feel like they want to do their classic Fox Force 5 thing where they try to get her off the show but they're also trying to be a little bit more, like, sly about it because, you know, they've gotten quite, I don't know, they, they've started to suck at it, really. <laughs> and it's not working. So instead, they're just kind of, like, jabbing at her in these ways. So I feel like she's just kind of, like, over it. And now she's ready to go, like, full throttle. And you know what? I'm here for it. 
Um, in other news, in related uh, in relation to Beverly Hills, trigger warning, because um, there's going to be discussion of sexual assault here. But newbie Anna Marie uh, Wiley's husband, Marcellus, has been accused of the 1994 rape of a Columbia University student um, who he attended school with. So people are already like kind of calling for her to get edited out of the show. You know, it's like another headache like Diana. I mean, I understand. I understand. Sorry, it wasn't her. It was her husband. But still, she did also put up a post that was basically like, I don't remember exactly what it said, but the gist was, this is all lies. My husband didn't do anything. That's the gist. Okay. And like, you know, here's me on vacation, not worried about what people are saying, which is obviously BS. She clearly cares. Otherwise, she wouldn't post anything. Um, Speaking of posting, Jax Taylor posted, got the band back together um, with him and the Toms. So, I mean, listen, I think that Jax is going to come back on this new season as like a friend of. um, But I think that, I don't know. I feel like this is the soft launch of Jax fully coming back to VPR. I know he's supposed to be on that spinoff, but I could see like maybe if the spinoff does well, that they just kind of merge them. I don't know. Or maybe like once the VPR kind of train comes to a halt, the new show takes over. Like, I don't know. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of Jax again. I really do. Sorry, my desk just made a weird noise. Okay, so, oh yeah, and then Tom Schwartz was like, oh, people didn't like my post about the band being back together or something like that. I'm like, Tom, like, just, you're still annoying. No one likes Sandoval. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, seeing the three of you back together, I'm down with it in terms of entertainment value, but no one likes you guys. Let's just, let's just be real. Um, All right, in Orange County news, Alexis Bellino has said, and by the way, I have been for years. Okay. It's probably been like two years, but yeah, so years. Okay. I've been saying I want Alexis Bellino back. Alexis Bellino is one of my least, was one of my least favorite like people. I just was like, oh my God, this woman is so obnoxious and shallow and like just kind of dumb. However, she's very entertaining as a housewife. Like, she was one of those housewives that I love to hate. I would love to see her back on the show. I also think she's, like, I do think that she's grown and changed in some ways. And apparently she's friends with Shannon's ex, John Jansen. She says they're in similar places in their lives. And I think that her putting this out there in the press is very much like... I'd like to be back on the show, Orange County. Like, she's trying to get back on the show, right? And, I mean, everyone... There's been a lot of people calling for it. She made that joke at BravoCon about being the only one who didn't sleep with Slade Smiley. Like, she's... Like, I think she's going for it. She has a compelling storyline. You know, one of her children is trans. She can talk about that. Um, you know, and she's really like changed her views on that and stuff. So I think that she has stuff to give and now is maybe going to be friendly or dating maybe Shannon's ex. Like, I I mean, those are all storylines I'm interested in. So let's go. Bring us some Alexis Bellino. I'd rather have her back than Gretchen any day of the week. Can't stand Gretchen. Okay. Um, we got to talk about Catherine Dennis again not a good news few weeks for her, you know, between the, the hit and run. Now there's accusations of elder abuse. I mean, I think Catherine is just a mess, but basically her father, Luke Dennis, who is a widowed. So Catherine's mom died of cancer in 2020. And basically her the family members like Catherine's brother, etc., are claiming that she is extorting money from her father, um, financially exploiting him, saying she'll hurt him if he doesn't give the money over. They say she's he's on a fixed income and she takes his money to buy drugs. This is all alleged, by the way. 
Um, he's scared of her, wants her to move out, and that she was recently staying with her cousin, but was kicked out for trashing the home. Um, apparently police had to come remove her. She was accused of squatting. Um, this is gross, everyone. So just a warning, but the police came. She had pooped on the floor, vomited on the bed. Again, this is all alleged. This is coming from Catherine's, you know, family though. So that's something. Not that family can't be like evil and make up lies about you, but there's too much other evidence from other messed up parts of Catherine's life that kind of support this. I don't know. There's a picture that's being painted and unfortunately it makes sense. Um, apparently when the Catherine's mom was alive and sick with cancer, Catherine would leave her kids with her, would take off her hours. They didn't know where she went. And even though her mom was sick and had like low energy, she'd have to watch the kids. Um, so Catherine's brother and girlfriend are considering involving law enforcement. Now, this was reported by um, All About the Real Housewives. Um, I So the source on it, I think the source was anonymous, if I remember right, because I just have my notes here, but I'm pretty sure. And it's sort of like, why are they putting this out into the press? Like, I'm not saying it's all lies or that it's all true. I don't know for sure. But I'm just thinking, like, maybe they put it out to kind of get Catherine to comply without actually going to law enforcement. Like, maybe they thought if this story got out there and, you know, public backlash that maybe Catherine will move out and kind of leave the brother alone or the dad alone. Like, I wonder if maybe that's what Catherine's brother and, and her family is thinking. Like, this is like a last resort to get her out of that house and to stop doing this. I mean, Catherine obviously has serious issues with addiction. I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying that's the reason for a lot of this. I think she has a lot of issues, as I've said before. And I mean... I don't know, like, she's got to get it together because this is, like, out of control. Um, I wonder, too, if being off of Southern Charm has caused her to spiral because it's, like, one less distraction, one less thing to do, you know, all that kind of stuff. So we shall see. All right. Last thing I wanted to talk about was Variety Magazine put out this, like, most powerful women in um, reality TV. And I thought it was pretty interesting. So Bravo was, like, you know, advertising this. Like, look, so many of our Bravo women are on here. Because it was not just from Bravo, obviously. It was anywhere on reality TV. And most of them made sense to me. A couple I was a little confused about. Not even, like, I don't know. Not even, like, I disagree. Like, more just, oh, really? <laughs> so, I don't know. Kyle Richards makes total sense. Am I a fan of Kyle? No. However, does it make sense? Yes. Lisa Vanderpump makes sense. Candy Burris makes sense. Tamara Judge makes sense. Teresa Judice makes sense. Jenna Lyons, even Jenna Lyons, you know, I disagree with in terms of like, she's only been on the show for one season. However, I still agree. Actually, no, sorry, I don't disagree. I agree. Um, she's only been on for one season. She hates reality TV, obviously, or she at least hates Roni, but she's still a powerful woman in reality TV. Ariana Maddox, definitely. Okay, obviously, you know, a year ago, I would have been like, what? But now, 100%. Okay, here's the ones I'm a little confused about. So, Heather Gay, I I guess I just feel like I don't think Heather has reached that level yet. Like, I think she's pretty close and getting there. She was wildly popular at the beginning. She's had a little bit of a, she had like a bit of a season three downfall and now she's kind of coming back up a little more, but eh, not a hundred percent. 
maybe it's because of the whole like religion storyline, but in terms of like being a powerful woman, like I just, I don't know. I was a little confused about that choice, but it wasn't the one I was the most confused about. The one I was the most confused about was Paige from Summer House. I just don't get it. Like, I, it's not, and I'm not saying this because I'm not, like, a big Paige fan. I just really, I'm shocked by that. Like, I would, I don't know. I'm just really shocked by that. I would be shocked if they chose anyone from Summer House. To me, none of them are big enough or have enough presence to even be on this list. So the fact that they even chose Paige... I wouldn't have chosen anyone from Summer House. <laughs> that's just honestly, that's just my honest opinion. So I'm like, really? Like, I get she's got like her Amazon influencing and she, and I'm not taking that away from her. She's a big influencer. She does have like her own, you know, fashion influencing business and she does have a very successful podcast. But I don't know. Is that enough? Like, I don't know. I just don't see it. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. Dating Craig is not going to be a good reason, by the way, if that's what anyone's thinking. I can't accept that as a reason. All right. So, that's all for today. We are going to wrap up there. Please, once again, join my Patreon. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving week and that you got some rest or some days off or that you got to chill. And again, sorry this episode was late, but you are now in the know for everything Bravo. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo.